Okay, so the Knicks lose their third game in a row. We're going to talk about it here for a little bit in episode 626. We are not going deep into this one. It's not going to be as technical, not as analytical. We're not really going to dive into the deep stuff and like we usually do. We're going to hit a couple topics. Obviously, there's the important one uh, that's you know, been going around since the uh, final play of the game. So we'll talk about that, of course. But some more things, and that that's going to be it. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's get to it. Anthony for three. Okay, so like I said, this is going to be a very short episode. I don't know, let's say 25 minutes tops. Not going to be the usual 45. Um, The Knicks lost last night uh, in Houston. 105-103. The Knicks were without everybody, of course, including iHeart, who was questionable but did not play. He's probably not going to play until after the break. Um... Houston was without Van Vliet, a couple other bums, um, Sangoon, if that's even how you pronounce the bum's name, ended up playing. First quarter of the game, the Knicks were up eight or so points, Dante Vincenzo gets hot early, but turnovers start, started to kill them, it allowed Houston to go on this 11-0 run, and the Knicks were down seven after one. Second quarter, they started getting bitched around on the boards. There was no offense. Brunson was ice cold. Taj Gibson commits a pathetic foul on the three-point line. Uh, You know, Dante DiVincenzo has this bad offensive foul. And the Knicks go down 14 points at halftime. Third quarter comes. Tibbs probably said something to his team. That fired them up because they get hot. Josh Hart has a huge third quarter. The Knicks have some big defensive stands. After one, there was one where they had a great stand defensively, and then Brunson goes down the other end, gets the end one in transition to tie the game. The Knicks enter the fourth quarter down only three a few minutes later. Fourth quarter comes after playing the starters the entire third. Tibbs sticks with the starters in the fourth minus one guy. So he's trying to sacrifice a little bit of defense for offense. It didn't work because Houston goes on a run again to go up 10 points. Uh, But 
Later on in the fourth quarter, Bogey with some big baskets, Josh Hart, a couple more big moments. Um, and then Brunson ties the game when he isos Dylan Brooks, steps back for the elbow jumper, and all of a sudden it's tied. And then obviously you get to a few minutes later, maybe not even, you get the final play where Brunson fouls Aaron Holiday for three. And you all know what happened after that. Holiday shoots three free throws, misses the third intentionally. And the Houston Rockets once again win this 105-103 over the Knicks. A game they needed to take. Dylan Brooks, 23 points. Smith had 20 points. Brunson for the Knicks had 27 to lead them. Dante, 23. But that's, you know, the, the, the topic everybody's talking about right now, rightly so, is the officiating. The three scumbag officials who I hope get fired, but won't, um, cost the game for the Knicks. And I don't, I don't do this thing. I don't do the bullshit where I blame officiating. I never do. Sometimes to a point where people get annoyed that I don't. But like, and I'm not still not blaming them entirely for the loss. But like that, that, that. Houston had 32 free throw attempts. The Knicks only had 12. Throughout the night, Brunson was getting banged around. Dylan Brooks getting away with murder. You got Sangoon traveling, carrying. Hart getting hit. Headband flying off. Dante DiVincenzo getting no respect. And then the final play of the game comes. They call the foul on Jalen Brunson when he closes on Holiday. On a on a on a hail mary prayer, from forty feet out at the buzzer, they're blowing the whistle on that. A little bit of contact, so the call is made. As if that's a consistent theme. Like, then call that for everything else. You're going to decide the game there. That's a little odd to me. A little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think scumbags. I mean, uh. Well, they are. I think uh, official officials are scumbags, um, and Ed Malloy's a scumbag, and it didn't help that after the game, he kind of admits. Uh, I have the quote right here from Ed Malloy and his stupid little staff. A uh, Malloy quote after the game. After seeing it during post-game review, the offensive player was able to return to normal to a normal playing position on the floor. The contact, which occurred after the release of the ball, therefore is incidental and marginal to the shot attempt and should not have been called. No fucking shit. Nobody's interested in that garbage. Nobody's interested in the two-minute report. Like, okay, cool. I was really, really hoping that someone would have got violent after the game there and started. Like, like I was in the heat of the moment. Like, I wanted someone to get suspended there. Brunson had to be held back. Thibodeau had to be held back. Rick Brunson had to be held back. I was hoping one of them would have let loose and gotten some contact with the official there. Like, I really wanted some violence. Um, in the post game, 
Brunson was asked about it, kind of did the whole Marshawn Lynch thing or great call, next question, great call, next question. Just, you know, um, Hart and Precious took it to social media. Of course, Hart did. Um, Thibodeau was asked about the call after the game in his post-game presser. And here is what he had to say. We're going to pan to that right now. Tough way to lose a game. You know, tough way to lose a game. Did you, did you think it was, I'm sure you looked at it, did you think it was a foul? Do you disagree with the call? You look at it. You good? Uh, it seemed like this was one of those games where it's taken a beating all night. Uh, yeah. Well, we had 12 free throws, so, and, and they're a high foul team, so, it's the way it goes sometimes. What did you think of the officiating in general? It's great. Great. What did you think of Jalen's close out there? Was, did he do everything right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, if you look at the film, you see it. So, you know, it is what it is. The, um, how about Precious defense down the stretch? I, I thought he gave us great effort. I thought the, the you know, we started slowly. But I thought the rebounding was terrific. I thought overall the defense was very good. You know, 105 points. Uh, our turnovers were high. You know, and I want to look at the film, but it looked like there was contact on on some of those. But if we get the turnovers down, we can win with what we have right now. We, you know, so I, I, I love the fight. We got down. We kept fighting. Kept coming back, and we had a shot to win it at the end. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to go you at all. Yes, this. you are. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's okay. You do your job. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious. You got you got attacked tonight. You haven't done an attack all year. Yeah. There was obviously something with the officiating that made you think that was warranted. Was there a certain thing that was going on with the officials that particularly hurt you? You know, like games? the thing with the officials, is, this is the way I feel about that in general, is I don't really care like how tight the game is called. You can call it tight or you can call it loose. I just would like the consistency to be the same. And some, you know, and they have a job. They, they're, they have to control and manage the game. That's their number one responsibility. So you know, they have to use their judgment, right? And I have respect for that. So didn't go our way tonight. Is there an update on Dante? Uh, no, not yet. Thanks, Yep, thanks. All right, so that was Tom Thibodeau after the game. Now, Thibodeau's never been Mr. Personality, but, like, you could just see there, kind of just, like, defeated, you know, and where he, he's, like, gotten pissed off on at the press conference before. The, earlier in the season, he kind of walked out, not, you know, not full-on Mike Brown, but, you know, there was that moment he got pissed off and he just, like, left mid-conference. He just seemed, like, done and over it and just had no energy for it anymore after that. And, you know, he could have easily taken the fine and, and said some shit. But I think at this point, he's just over it. You know, he's been in this league long enough to know that nothing's going to change. And, um, yeah, that that's the impression I got. That's probably why it wasn't anything um, aggressive. Maybe Knicks fans were hoping or expecting. Uh, it just seems like this this guy knows that it's a problem and he's, he's kind of over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and you know, they should be. You know, it's it's pathetic. It's it's very pathetic at this point. Um, how like we all know it's not going to change. Now, this is the thing. Like, you, like I am a fan of baseball. I'm a fan of MMA, and I'm a fan of the Knicks. All like the same amount. Like big time diehard fans of each of these um, sports, and like, and and I, I I've lived in a household where a lot of the people I live with are obsessed with football. So it's often on and, and the one constant theme in, in every sport that I just mentioned there is people are always bitching and always complaining about officials as if it's the worst in their, in that specific sport. MLB fans think umpires are the worst and that there is a problem with officials with, with uh, umpires in the MLB and that it needs to be changed to a point where robots are taken over. Ridiculous. Um, uh, MMA fans think the judging has gotten to a point where this needs to be fixed somehow at another judge. Uh, th- there's all these things that people are talking about where they're trying to come up with solutions and they think there's a legitimate big time judging problem in MMA, uh, in the UFC in particular, uh, you know, just like after the Strickland fight, you know, there's like, they're saying that shit. Um, football fans, same thing with referees, right? I mean, you're, it's like so loud there, um, that even a non-football fan like myself knows, like they're constantly complaining about the refereeing issues. And then you get basketball. It's like the same thing here. So people are always doing this. I think we're so obsessed with, with, wanting everything to be perfect nowadays that like we expect it to be. So I understand that, but like people have like the, the, we, we have a point. Knicks fans have every reason to be upset after last night. Um, and I, I get it. Like what, what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to go 45 minutes in this episode and just talk about refereeing. All right. I, I think the Knicks in this game got robbed. But, like, they also made plenty of other mistakes. Um, I, in my own opinion, I didn't think they deserved to win the game anyway. Um, you know, and I don't think bitching about this for another X minutes is going to change shit. Um, so I will, to wrap it up, to kind of wrap it up, um, I'll say, and I have before said this, I'm getting a little tired of the no calls and I do think it's like it's making me think of like is there cheating going on is is it has does it have to do with gambling and I hate doing that you know people always you got your people calling every sports league a, a script and fixed but like I'm at a point where I'd really 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 like for the Knicks to use this as fuel and to start playing dirty because if they're going to get the short end of the stick as it is, fuck it. Use it as your advantage and start banging some teams up. Because I'm getting tired of the no calls. I'm getting tired of the injuries that we're having to deal with because we're getting banged around. I'm tired of this team whose identity is being physical, getting out physical if that's even a term it's not, in some games. So my response is like, the Knicks should get dirty. Hurt some guys. Now, I'm not saying nothing serious, obviously, but enough to a point where, like, these guys start thinking twice before yapping their mouths like that ugly dude from Houston last night who's only famous because LeBron James um, 
got mad over him last year. Like, yeah, like get dirty and start fouling to hurt some of these guys a little bit. You know, just, just, just make them think twice. Get somebody limping a little bit after. Draw some blood. I would love to see that. Bring a little '90s mentality in here. You know, um, shock this league. That's that's become very soft in that aspect. Where we're like, what I'm saying here is probably like, you know what I mean? Like that's how soft we've gotten because a little bit of physicality is like scaring people now. We've gotten so soft to where, yeah, I would love for the Knicks to answer back by getting really physical and and getting a little dirty. So, yeah, you you can argue about the refs. You can you can argue. Other things, should Brunson have been in the game? Should Brunson have closed that hard on Aaron Holiday? Um, should Tibbs have wasted that challenge earlier in the game? All that, sure. Um, and I guess that's where we're going to transition here to our next topic. I, I guess like the real critique on Thibodeau last night, all season, the injuries. Um <sighs> People are starting to blame Tom Thibodeau for the injuries, so we'll talk about that a little bit when we return. When we return from our first break, but that's that's it regarding the whole officiating thing. Um, uh, I want to talk some other things before we wrap this thing up. Let's get to our first break, though. Before we do that, hey there! Thanks for listening in so far. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks so much. You can follow us on social media as well. On Instagram, we're at BD4Pod and at Rob J. Carbone. On X, we're at BD4Pod and at RJCBD4. And on Facebook, we're BD4. Okay, welcome back to the show, episode 626 of the podcast. The Knicks lose 105-103 to the 12-seed Houston Rockets last night, a pathetic loss that they should not have lost and should not have been in position to where you leave it up to the Zebras who stole the game. Um, the The whole Tom Thibodeau thing now, it, it's starting, you know, it's been blowing up all year, but it's getting louder and louder after losses, obviously, because that's how Twitter works. Um is he to blame for, for these injuries? I'm not going to go too deep into it. I'm just going to give a couple thoughts here that I have on my notes. Um, I, I'm trying to stay two-sided here. It's hard for me to really... It's it's hard for me to take a, a stance on a lot of things. Um, I don't know. I just lack confidence in certain opinions. I need to get better at that where I'm like certain on one opinion. But this is one of those many that I am two-sided on. Um, the Tibbs critics will say that obviously he leans very heavily on a lot of guys, in particular his starters. Um, you know, the Mitchell Robinson injury, I, I can't put that on Tibbs. That's Mitch being Mitch. He's always been hurt. Um, his frame doesn't hold up well. The Julius Randle injury, less than five minutes left in a, what was it, a 17-point game or something against the Miami Heat. Tibbs took some flack for that. The OG Ananobi injury comes here to the Knicks. He starts playing. He starts playing. Say that again. He starts playing 40 plus minutes consistently. Works up some elbow inflammation. Is that due to overuse? Isaiah Hartenstein Achilles problem. You know, playing through it, 
you know, you heard the initial reports that there was going to be a minutes limit. There's not really been one from Thibodeau. Uh, you had the Brunson ankle scare a couple nights ago, late in the game, uh, in a blowout. But it was ironic because, you know, they came closer with Brunson on the floor. Um, and then last night, Dante DiVincenzo gets hurt. He's been playing 40-plus minutes constantly lately. Um, he pulls his hamstring last night, asks to come out of the game. So, you know, people are angry. Tom Thibodeau bad. They're kind of defaulting to this, and I understand it. But there's the other side where it's like, and this is probably where I lean. This, if you can walk, you can play mentality has been a blueprint for the Knicks' success this year, and we've mentioned that before. Without this very mindset, the Knicks aren't the number four seed. The Knicks aren't in discussion to make an Eastern Conference Finals run. The Knicks aren't in discussion to make a Finals run, as many believe. They're not getting respect from around the NBA media like they are from certain people. Um, Without that type of plan, that type of mentality, the Knicks aren't in a position where we're talking about that stuff. You know, I can't personally blame a man for wanting to win. All I care about is winning. Win, 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 win. That's all I want this team to do. This organization has been so shit for so long that, like, winning should really be the only thing that matters. Um, And so without optimizing and getting the very, very most Every ounce out of OG Ananobi, Dante DiVincenzo, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, etc. Without optimizing every ounce of them, the Knicks probably aren't here. You know? So, like, would you rather the Knicks be on the edge as a number six, number seven seed, but healthier? Better minutes distribution? Fighting for a playoff spot versus... Where we are now, where they're, where they're fighting for a home seat. If so, I am one to think that's not a very competitive mentality. I don't think you belong here if you're in that camp. I don't think you belong in sports. You probably never played sports if you're hell-bent on that type of mentality. Because that's not how athletes and coaches think. The only thing these guys have on their mind, especially the Knicks, is to work hard and win. Win, 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 win. Nothing else. This is why, like, my favorite players of all time in basketball have always been Kobe, Mello, and AI. Not just because they're good and they score and they do all that flashy stuff, but no, those guys, grinders, they're durable. They take these taxing workloads, these minutes that they play, but they were constantly out there every night logging 35 to 40-something minutes. This load management era, I hate it. I think it's for losers. I think it's for Zoomers. I think it's for, like, not to sound like the old man, but yeah, like, at the end of the day, you look at the Knicks under Tom Thibodeau, they're winning. They weren't winning when he wasn't here. And their two playoff round losses that they have under Tibbs have not been because of overuse or injuries or guys being taxed. No. Now, you can make a case and say that's because of other things that Tom Thibodeau has done, like not 
taking Hart out of the starting lineup until late. But I will say, um, if there's one thing I can side with some folks on, some of the critics, the Knicks now have the depth to where I would like to see Tom Thibodeau run nine or, dare I say, ten. Dare I say a ten-man when they're fully healthy. Because he, he can do that now. It'd be nice. Like Deuce McBride, 11 minutes, 5 minutes last night. You should probably play him a little more. Right? And I guess the, the middle ground that people are struggling to find is like, can you do both? Can you win, be at the top of the conference, and, and still find more rest for certain guys? Because it's easy to yap on Twitter when you're a nobody. But maybe there can be, and the Knicks can still be on pace to win a ton of games and be at the top of the conference. It just sucks because now you got all these pathetic injuries just piling the fuck up. Now you add in Dante DiVincenzo and his hamstring, and we are here. And so it's easy to do this. And now a team that everybody not long ago was very excited about being a half game out of the two seed, nobody was complaining about it then, now, all of a sudden, the conversation's shifting to, hey, let's avoid the seven seed and just get into the dance. It's crazy how far they've fallen since the Miami series. So, like, I get where the critics, the critics are coming from, but I don't think it's as easy as, you know, uh, Twitter gangsters are making it out to be. There's not much Tibbs can do right now. He ran the starters for the entire third quarter last night, and then he ran four out of five of them to begin the fourth because he simply has nobody to go to at the moment. He's trying to win games. You want to lose the game? No, he lost last night, but the Knicks are the fourth seed, folks. Who do you want him to go to? You want him to go to Charlie Brown Jr.? You want him to go to 20 more minutes of Taj Gibson? How'd that work against Indiana? You want him to go to Obi's little brother? I mean, what are your options? Really? Uh, again, I gave you a deuce. I would like deuce to get more than five minutes. But what are we really talking about here? At the end of the day, they just got to get healthy. And injuries happen. They have to get healthy. And they, they look really bad without Julius Randle. They started out pretty good. It got people talking delusional. Oh, we'll be fine without Julius. He's an issue. No. Their offense looks brutal without Julius. Their half-court offense last night was abysmal, horrific, disorganized. The turnovers, they were slow getting into sets. Didn't really generate any good looks to start To start the game. Like, well, okay, so they started the game well. Dante got hot, like I said. Um, You got some nice Brunson pick-and-rolls. Him and Precious are kind of developing a nice two-man chemistry, right? You're seeing Brunson hit the roll more when Precious is rolling. Uh, but then Houston adjusted, and they took that away completely. Dylan Brooks was playing excellent defense at the point of attack. The Knicks struggled with the spacing surrounding Jalen Brunson, right? Which is another topic, like should Tibbs shake up the starting lineup? That's my critique on him. I think he should definitely shake it up. You cannot... Not in this era. Have three non-spacers around your superstar player. Hart, Precious, and Sims are all out there with Brunson. 
he's sacrificing offense for defense, but to, to what benefit? Like your owner, your only shooter out there is Dante. When Brunson has the ball, that's his only option to kick to on the perimeter. I, I think you try out putting Bogey at wing. You know? Now, the problem with that, you do one of these moves and you put Bogey in. Now you're putting Precious Achua at the five where he just does not defend well. He had a good game last night, but his best minutes come when he's at the four. Because when Precious has to play five, he's very undersized. He struggles on the glass. He struggles getting stops in the low post. Precious at the five would work better if he was in a switch everything. But Tibbs doesn't switch his fives. So Precious struggles when he's at center. You know? Um, So I don't know that he's going to make that change. Which, again, we're going back to the Knicks just need to get fucking healthy, folks. It is so different when Randall's on this, when he's a part of this team, than when he's not. It's such an unbelievably noticeable difference. So, like, I think you're out of your fucking mind if you think the Knicks are better off without Julius. At least, regarding the regular season goes, I can't have qualms with him. Because just look at Jalen Brunson. Now, Brunson's been dropping 35 without him. But, like, his three-point shot, he looks like Alfred Payton out there at the moment. His three-point shots just fucking vanished without Julius. With Julius, he was up to 43%. Without him, and in seven games now, so it's piling up, he's down to 26% in this span. 26%. He hasn't made over two threes in a game yet without Julius. He needs Julius Randle. The defense is being more physical with Brunson now. They're putting more attention on him. He needs Randle's gravity to draw the double on the post and kick to, to, to Brunson. He needs Randle to collapse the defense and driving kick. Right, Brunson is now forced into taking tougher, less quality pull-up jumpers from three. You're rarely seeing him in catch and shoot now on threes. Right, So those plays where Brunson hits Randle on the post relocates on the corners and gets it back and shoots it, that's not happening because the Knicks don't have anybody to draw that attention. It's not Precious. It's not Sims. It's certainly not Hart. And Hart played a good game last night. Josh Hart last night actually gave him the game ball. Bing bang. He was the best Nick, I thought. 17 points, 11 boards, 5 assists, a couple steals. He shot 7 of 11. He was 3 for 5 from 3. It's not really a coincidence that all of Josh Hart's best games seem to come when he's shooting the three adequately. He connected on a few of them in the fourth quarter again. He had a tough first half. Very tough. But he came alive in the second half. A big third quarter to really give the Knicks life there and get back into the game. He's working transition on the glass, going from defense to offense, finishing coast to coast, finding guys on the perimeter. He looked great. I still think in the future that Tom Thibodeau should lean less into Josh Hart minutes and maybe sacrifice a little bit of defense for offense because I feel like the Knicks will need that. Right? Um, Speaking of sacrificing defense, the, the new guys haven't been wonderful. I thought Burks was horrendous. Second straight game where I, I didn't think he looked good. 
Uh, but Bogey last night was better as the game went along, and that's why I'm going to give him the game ball from off the bench. Bing bang. I think Boyan, Bondo- Boyan Bogdanovich was fine last night. 15 points, 7 of 13, 1 of 5 from 3. He got off to a slow start, missing some threes. He was out of rhythm, taking shots, I don't know, in interesting moments. And I thought as the second half came with him, too, he was a lot better. He became more aggressive, started putting the ball on the floor a little bit, using his body to take advantage of mismatches. You know, a couple of big baskets in the fourth quarter to help the Knicks come back. He was a crucial part of that 9-0 run they had late. He had a nice basket in ATO offense where he comes off the pin down, knocks down the shot. So I thought he was fine. Um, those guys, I, I I feel like they'll figure it out. Alec Burks has struggled as a lead ball handler. That's been the concern. We haven't really seen anything to calm our nerves yet. He seems like he's much better still as a weak side option. But he's going to have to figure out something to show us something that he can handle that initiator role when Brunson sits. I think that's what we have. That's it. I think that's it. We'll head to our break, get back, get to our trivia, then I'll be that. If you're interested in our website, just go to www.bd4blog.com. You can subscribe to our blog on there right on the front page. Just like on the podcast, we cover Yankees, Knicks, and MMA. Also on our website are the links to the different platforms for the podcast. Thanks so much. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Thanks for listening to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, and MMA on occasion. All right. Appreciate everybody stopping by and listening. Let's wrap this thing up with our trivia. So for episode 626 of the show, our trivia, how many wins in a row did the Knicks have versus the Rockets prior to this loss? Right. How many wins in a row did the Knicks have versus the Rockets prior to this loss? That's it. Let me know the, uh, let me know the answer in the next show or uh, before the next show, and I'll give you a shout-out if you get it correct. Tough loss. That's now three losses in a row, four out of five. The Knicks got to figure this shit out. They've got to get healthy. Yeah, it doesn't seem very promising right now. Um, got some better news about Julius today that he seems to be headed towards a return shortly after the break. 
Uh, still nothing official, but yeah, I, I'm starting to lose a little confidence. I know I was very happy after the trade. Can't overreact after after a couple games, but I gotta see it. I gotta see more wins because this East is way too fluid from like four to six. You know, even the seven spots, like like they're now. Like I said, they we were just what two weeks ago talking about this team about to take that two seed. Now we're like, let's avoid the seven. Team just can't get good things. It's hard for me to stay optimistic about this team this season. Uh, I, I just I'm having trouble seeing a positive result. Maybe I'm wrong. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there. If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.